Today, I chat with Alyssa Wolf about how to unbusy your life using personality type. Specifically, we get into Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. Hi, I'm Sandra. And I'm Em. And this is Family Personalities, the podcast that helps you create a more peaceful and compassionate family dynamic using personality type. Hey, families. Happy Thanksgiving week for those of you who are in the U.S. And the happy end of November to the rest of the world, I guess. Some of you are probably listening to this while you're traveling for the holidays. I know the holidays can be kind of a stressful time. In our house, we don't really celebrate Thanksgiving the traditional way. Usually, I mean, sometimes we will when we go see family. But I don't know, we were vegan for a few years there, so we didn't really do the whole turkey thing. Now we're back to eating meat, but I don't have introverted sensing anywhere in my stack. Where I do have sensing, it's down at the bottom of my stack. So tradition is not really big for me anyway. And, you know, the roots of Thanksgiving in the U.S. are just kind of icky and questionable anyway. So it's not exactly wouldn't be my favorite tradition to begin with. But we do, you know, try to do something and celebrate. So my kind of big goal on Thanksgiving is just about making that day with the kids about focusing on gratitude. So in the spirit of that, in the spirit of gratitude, I wrote a gratitude themed article for peoplestripes.org. And it's up on their blog right now. And I shared a personal story about my daughter, Lily, and (laughs) an aspect of her personality type that can really get on my last nerve sometimes. And about how, so one thing that I'm really thankful for about personality type is that it has really helped me to be able to reframe things in my children and for all of their behaviors and things that can sometimes get on my nerves. (laughs) It's helped me see the flip side of those things and see those things in a different light. Because some of the most beautiful things about my children are things that wouldn't exist without that cognitive function or that, or that personality preference that also causes the thing that gets on my nerves. And so that's what I decided to write about in this gratitude or Thanksgiving themed article. And um, I thought you guys might want to check it out because I also put a table at the end of the article that lists all the different personality preferences and, you know, introversion, extroversion, thinking, feeling, sensing, intuition, judging, perceiving, and gives examples of gratitude statements for each of them that might help you think of a behavior your child might have in a new way. So you can see that at peoplestripes.org and click on blog, or I will link the direct link to the article in the show notes in the podcast description. But today we're not here to talk about Thanksgiving or gratitude or a random week in November if you're not in the United States. We are here to chat with Alyssa Wolf. And we had a really great conversation. Alyssa is an introvert, a mom of five, and a perpetual bookworm. 
she refuses to watch other introverted moms go to burnout and breakdown any longer. That's why she's here to help you de-stress your mom life so you can handle the number of kids you already have, aka reach super mom status with ease. You can find her at yourunbusylife.com. Alyssa surprised me in a good way by bringing up a personality type model that I've heard of before. And it's a fairly simple model, but that doesn't make it any less valuable. And I think it's super applicable and helpful when it comes to accomplishing your goals. And that is Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. So if you haven't heard of it before, or if you need a refresher, you can find it at GretchenRubin.com and you can take the quiz there and see which of the four tendencies applies to you before we get into this conversation or afterward, if you want to go check it out. I know we all have very busy lives and we could all use some tips on how to make our lives just a little bit simpler. So let's get into it with Alyssa. So I know that you consider yourself an introvert, a fellow introvert, in fact. Do you know your full Myers-Briggs type? Yes, ISFJ. ISFJ, okay. And uh, how about your Enneagram type? One wing, two. One wing, two. Okay, cool. So did discovering that you're an introvert, discovering your Myers-Briggs type have anything to do with the work that you do now? Not really, no. No? I was into personality stuff as a teenager. Oh, wow. That's great. I would have loved to discover it that early. So what did lead to the work that you do now then? I've been interested in personality, productivity, and minimalism for, you know, 15 to 20 years by this point. So after I had kids, multiple kids, I realized I needed to do something different to get back to that sense of ease and lightness and, oh, I just love my life and being an introvert. So I used all those things to fix my own life. And then it Mm. occurred to me, the most fun thing I could think of to do would be to help other moms do the same thing. Mm. But I just assumed, all right, I'm going to have to wait till all my kids are grown and out of the house. (laughs) And then if I'm still interested, maybe I could do this. Yeah. But two and a half years ago, I heard a podcaster ask, well, why? Why do you have to wait till the kids are all grown up? Why can't you start now Mm. on a side business? So I sat with that a bit and it came down to, I can sit in fear and wait till I'm an empty nester, or I can try now and see what happens. Yeah. So I wanted to take the step and now I'm honored to help other moms with life simplicity, especially if they're introverted. Yeah. And I assume that simplifying your life also helped you make room for starting a business. Oh, majorly, majorly. Cool. Well, I was you know, looking through your website when I was kind of prepping for our interview. And one thing that really stood out to me was kind of your confidence in your own parenting and in your ability to help other people in their parenting. Do you feel that personality or knowing your personality type plays a role in your parenting confidence? Absolutely. And this is where I learned this from is a book called Mother Styles by Janet Penley. Mm, Yes, I have that book on my desk right here. (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'll give our listeners a bit of an overview. So 
practical takeaways from this book was that it's really important to know something about your personality type and your interpersonal energy as a mom so that you don't fall into that self-shaming mom trap. Mm -hmm. You know, the she plays with her kids for an hour a day. She braids all of her girl's hair. Mm -hmm. She does these crazy cute crafts with them. And I'm over here telling them, that's enough tape. Uh, Go brush your hair. Get out of the rat's nest. Well, Look at your personality type. Are you a high alone time introvert? Maybe an HSP, highly sensitive person? Are you somewhat of an extrovert or are you very extroverted? Now, next, are you naturally crafty? Are you a glitter avoider? (laughs) That's me. (laughs) In other words, what comes easily to you in motherhood? Are you the snuggle up on the couch and confide in parent? Or are you always taking the kids on high energy outings? Maybe going on a nature walk because you'd be hiking by yourself anyways? Or are you finding them YouTube videos about whatever their latest passion is? Mm-hmm. What the Mother Styles book points out is that these are all perfectly valid ways for, of expressing nurture in our children, snuggling up and listening to them, finding stuff about their hobbies and passions to build into them, give them that research opportunity, going on the outings with a ton of other people, going on the nature walk and saying, look, observe all this stuff and do you see what's around you? They are all valid, and that's something that never occurred to me before I read that book, that there could be so many variations on motherhood and that each one is a way of helping your children. Because we don't have to be all things at once. We're allowed to be just ourselves. We can trust that God (laughs) mashed us up with our kids for a reason, right? And so you don't have to bake and frost cookies with your kids if you hate cooking. (laughs) If you're an expert knitter, well, have them do knitting one-on-one with you and see who wants to join. You can just buy the cookies. Yeah, unfortunately, my child loves baking, and now I have to help her make a pie for um <laughs> for the fall festival this week. But we, but luckily, my mom does like baking, so when she visits, she can do the baking with my child. <laughs> well, how handy! See, that's me with painting and artistic stuff. <laughs> Cooking, I help them get started, and now they're just like, "Give me a recipe book, buy me these ingredients, and I'll make you know fancy what what I'm I'm Like, oh wow, that tastes really nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I hope that my kids get into cooking and they cook for me. That would be lovely. So the problem, you know, as I was looking through your website, I, a lot of times I think when I, when I see people that claim like, I can fix your life and I can make, you know, I can simplify your life or whatever it is, right? The problem a lot of times with these like quick fixes to like either being more efficient or changing your routines is that for me, and I'm sure for a lot of other people is that I will like adopt something and for like a week or two, I'm like, I got it. Like, (laughs) I'm so much more efficient or everything's so much more simple now. Um, But then they don't stick because then after a week or two, like the shine of it kind of wears off or whatever. So what is the key to kind of like making these stick? What? How do we make these changes last? Sandra, I just heard Bill Burr's rant saying how women should be supporting female athletes and not Real Housewives who just yell at each other. That's ridiculous. Real Housewives is a sport. Join us on From the Bleachers, where we analyze the strategy and gameplay that our favorite reality stars use to earn additional seasons of play and social media fame. And if you're lucky, Sandra will pull out her apology play rubric so you can all see what an easy grader I am. I'm sorry, Mandy, but if you think Monica's apology to Heather on Salt Lake City deserved anything over a 2.5, you're delusional. (laughs) (laughs) Whether we're breaking down confrontation play, relishing the bravo, bravo, bravo moments, 
or awarding a tardy for the party. We are the only place you'll find in-depth analysis of the plays that your favorite housewives are making on our screens. From the bleachers of Real Housewives Game Analysis is available everywhere podcasts live. First thing, going against your built-in design never works. Mm. So I'm guessing you know Gretchen Rubin and the four tendencies. Mm. Yeah, I have I, I I have looked over it before and now I'm kind of forgetting what they are. Okay. Well, specifically, I want to think about a side thing to the four tendencies, which was moderators and abstainers. So those are two very opposite approaches to habit forming that she categorized people as. And when you find out which one you are, Everything makes sense about what you're trying to do. Mm. Stop, start something or stop something. See, I'm an abstainer, so I cannot do the, oh, it's dessert. Just have one cookie. I'm like, uh, no, I want three, please. <laughs> or if I'm still hungry, I'll eat four. You know, I eat till I'm sick of whatever it is. Mm. I need to have nothing in the house that's not good for me and healthy food. The moderator feels horribly constrained by that. What do you mean? I can never absolutely under any circumstances, not even at someone's wedding, eat the cake. Mm. I'm not living by that kind of constraint. I'm not saying if it has a tiny eighth cup of white flour, I'm not eating it. It's a, well, come on. Mm. A little bit isn't going to hurt me, which is also true. So for their personality, you always need to be able to say, I can have a little bit. Yeah. So if you're an abstainer, have nothing, you know, it's easier just to not decide over and over again. You decide once, you're done with it. Yeah. Your family knows, you know, if it's not on your paleo diet, mom's not eating it. Mm. If you're the um, moderator, you might be saying, okay, I get two or three meals every week. I can eat whatever I want to. Or at every meal, I can have a serving that doesn't fall quite into my eating plan. Mm. Something like that. Because everyone's diet advice and their habit advice and their productivity advice always seem to be one or the other. Either a little bit of deviance won't hurt you, or you must do this every time without fail, or you will fail. Mm. But in reality, Gretchen Rubin found out <laughs> those are talking to two different people. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm more of the abstainer. And, you know, when I tended to pick something, I have to go all the way or it won't stick. Yeah. So then you just need to use that on your mom life, your work life, your business life. What is the bad habit or distraction that you want to get rid of? You know, if it's a phone for an abstainer, yes, that does mean the whole, it is not with me, or it is turned oh, off, or, you know, that true. kind of a thing. <laughs> or some so moderators, but what if someone, in, something important came up, you know, I need to say only five minutes at a time of the game mm. or something, but the abstainer, uh, nope, you give yourself five minutes, you'll be on there for yeah, another yeah, hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm only going to, you know, do 10 minutes of this game, and I'm like, but it feels so good, and then mm. 10 minutes turns into We don't have the self-control to stop, but we have tons of self-control to just never start <laughs> to in To never first start place. in the first place, totally. That's definitely me. That resonates, for sure. What about like setting the goal in the first place? So let's say I decide, like, I don't want to look at my phone anymore is setting the goal and keeping the goal something that you focus on with parents? And does that have anything to do with personality type in your experience? This is where I like um, Gretchen's four tendencies, mm -hmm. because she's saying absolutely have a goal, but whether or not you're going to keep that goal is dependent on what support structures you have in place for it. Most of that goal setting advice is all New Year's resolution, rah, rah, just do it. 
He said, that really only works for the upholder type, which says, oh, I made the goal. It's important to me. Absolutely, I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. And they're something like 2 or 5% of the population, she said, in her research. Whereas obligers are a very large percentage of the population. They won't do it for themselves. They'll do it if someone else they care about needs that outcome. Okay. So you wouldn't do retirement planning because you cared about your own retirement. You would do retirement planning if you felt that your husband or your children were depending on you to have the money to support them or travel to visit them or something like that. Yeah. So you get a partner, you do the activity with someone, the famous, you know, accountability partner. I'm going to go run with you every day. You know, they're not going to run for their own fitness sake. They'll run because they don't want to disappoint the friend they're meeting. Mm -hmm. So if you're an obliger, actually all you need to do is try to reframe whatever it is in terms of how can I get another person involved in this activity and I won't want to disappoint them. Mm -hmm. And then poof, (laughs) you can get your goals done just fine because you are really good at meeting other people's expectations. You do not leave them in the lurch. Which yeah. is a really good thing about obligers. Now, remind, remind, yeah, what are the what are the four tendencies again? You have the upholder, obliger, rebel, and questioner. Okay. So the rebel may have a goal, but they will be immediately turned off of that goal if it's what everyone around them is telling them to do. Okay. <laughs> run the other direction as fast as you can. So uh-huh. if they're hearing "get out of debt," that's smart. Oh no, no, thank you. I don't want to get out of debt. So if you're a rebel and you think that maybe it would be a good idea to get out of debt but your automatic impulse is not going to do it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to reframe it to something like, oh, we live in such a consumeristic culture. Mm-hmm. Everyone has got money on their credit cards. They can't come up with $1,000. I'm going to be different. I'm going to do yeah, I'm going to pay off the loan or something. So you can yeah. have the goal, but you have to find a way to reframe it to yourself that makes it sound like you were doing something completely mm-hmm. countercultural. Mm-hmm. And I bet you can find a way to do that. <laughs> I love that. And lastly, the questioners, they're kind of an odd blend of the upholder and rebel. Okay. They choose to do something and they will do it for themselves. But before they actually get around to doing it, they're going to sit around questioning, Mm. why should I do it? Why should I do it that way? Mm. Is this the best way to do it? Mm. And so they're going to be fully set and they're not going to take anyone else's opinion and suggestions as Mm. the right way of doing it. Once they're fully done with the research phase... Then they look more like the upholder and they just, you know, go do it. That might be my husband. That's my husband. (laughs) (laughs) So you cannot just accept or expect a slow um, on-ramp from, Mm. hey, we should do this to actually doing it because they need time to process everything. Say, Mm. I don't trust that authority. What would the best way, in my opinion, because they trust themselves as the ultimate authority. Okay. And they go through that sorting, sifting process. But once they're done... They are really good at follow through. They do not need someone else they, to do it with them. They don't need it to, to be countercultural to do it. They just have to have that processing time first. Yeah, cool. Do you, you might not know, not know the answer to this question, but do you know if Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies, if they are, you know, considered to be like inborn and they don't change through your lifetime, or if you can shift between them? I don't remember. I would go with that she probably thinks that they're a little bit more inborn mm-hmm. than not. Yeah, I'm just curious. I, I've always considered myself the upholder. Um, Same here. But I, f- I feel like I'm working, I'm trying to actually change myself not to be because I feel like I'm always just too hard on myself. And um, I'm trying to just like, actually not be that way. Um, but I'm just wondering if that's even possible. <laughs> but you could just give yourself fewer goals. <laughs> yes, that's actually what I'm trying to do. Yeah, fewer goals. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. So 
One thing that I'm glad that we have you on today, because one of my weaker points is, you know, I'm all up in the theory and I love discussing the theories of of personality type and all that. But one thing that I'm short on is more like the practical applications and the practical tips. And I know that's kind of what you do is how do how do we actually what do we actually do to change things and make things better? So I would love it if you could just give us like one practical tip that parents could do. Like what's one one thing that they could take when they turn off the podcast to do like right now in their life to help simplify things? For moms, a major thing tends to be your to-do list, right? So Mm. here's a little reflection technique you can use to simplify what else you've got going on in your your day. Or if you're at the start of the day, your whole morning and outlook. Think of three things you want to get done today. So you're only allowed to pick three. Mm. Those are your top priorities. I don't care if it's the crockpot meal, an errand or return you have to get to, a house project, whatever makes the top of your list. Then... To ground yourself, think of three things you're thankful for, because life isn't just Mm. a bunch of to-dos to cross off. (laughs) And then lastly, think of three things you're looking forward to. So Mm. it might be completing that project or getting the errand done, or it might be something about what you hope to experience by end of the day that you will be grateful for again. It's a way of saying, oh yes, I enjoy my day. Another reframe of it's not just this chore and this chore and this chore. So again, that's three things you need to get done today, Mm -hmm. three things you're thankful for today, Mm -hmm. and three things you are looking forward to about your day. Oh, I love that so much. What a wonderful way to start the day. Do you do, are you, uh, do you like keep a journal by your bed to do this or how do you usually have a... Yeah, that's the easiest way. Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. So where are all the places people can find you? Well, I'm at yourunbusylife.com. Mm-hmm. So that's the fastest way. I have a new podcast episode that comes out every Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So that will come out on the blog. And when you click on that, there's an embedded video and the podcast player. So whichever Mm -hmm. medium you prefer. And then if you search on Busy Sane Supermoms, that's the name of the podcast show. And then um, same, I think, for the YouTube channel. Okay, cool. And I'm I, on Instagram and Instagram. stuff. Is it but, Unbusy Sane Supermoms on Instagram? or No, I think it's something like Unbusy Your Best Life Now. So okay. <laughs> you can just, if you go to the website, it's a lot easier to find everything. Gotcha. So gotcha. yourunbusylife.com. Yourunbusylife.com. Cool. Um, this was so much fun. I wasn't even expecting that we were going to get into Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. I love those. I totally forgot about them. So this was really fun. I really enjoyed um, chatting with you. Um, yeah. maybe, maybe we'll have to have you back sometime. Thank you. Thank you again to Alyssa. Check her out at yourunbusylife.com. What did you guys think about today's episode? Write in or leave a comment, familypersonalitiespod at gmail.com, or you can check out the show notes at familypersonalities.com slash the episode number, and this is episode number 93. Go out and grab a journal and leave it by your bedside like Alyssa suggested. I'm always up for buying another journal. I love journals. I always see them in the stores and I'm like browsing the racks for the coolest design. I never really use them, but I love shopping for them. Next episode, hopefully M will be back on now that her campaign is over. And I'll let her tell you how she did this campaign season and I won't spoil it. I mean, you can Google it, I guess. It is a public election, or you can look on social media, Emerson, the number four OR, if you're not already following her, which you should be. Or if you follow me on Insta, then you may have seen some spoilers in my stories. But anyway, 
Hopefully M is on soon for some catch-ups and some why do they do that's. And then we've got extroverted feeling in kids next. And I've got some other guests who are supposed to come on who I'm just going to be honest, I have not been great at following up with because it's been a heck of a fall for me. Um, I'm having a tough time keeping up on top of the podcast, but I'm still here, people. I'm still here working on some stuff. There's stuff in the works and it's coming just as soon as I can find some time. So happy Thanksgiving, happy random week in November, and I will catch you next time. That's it for our show this week. We would like to apologize to our children, our parents, our spouses, and anyone else we may have lovingly thrown under the bus this episode. Thank you for listening and catch us next time on the Family Personalities Podcast.